Well, welcome to this week's episode of Welcome Home, a Calvary Church podcast in which we seek to tell stories of life change by interviewing Calvary staff members, missions partners, and Calvary members. My name is Brad, and I am joined by Pastor Terry. We are your hosts for this project, and we can't wait for you to hear all of the stories we have coming up. Last week, I had the privilege of interviewing Pastor Terry, and in this week's episode, Terry turns the spotlight around and interviews me about what it was like to grow up at Calvary and feeling called to ministry, as well as the opportunity we have to disciple people through digital content. We hope that you enjoy this week's episode of Welcome Home. All right, well, we're back for another Welcome Home. Another Welcome Home. An opportunity to tell some story and just hear stories of uh, what God is doing. And so we're going to flip the script Mm -hmm. a little bit, and we're going to get to know you, Brad. It's weird. I'm normally the interviewer. I know. I have all the power. I got the power here. I gave you some in advance, but, you know, yes. I may have kept a few back uh, just to have. Sure. So just a little bit about you. What, um, what's your favorite sports team? I oh, think I uh, St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, there's no question there. Um, grew up so in St. Louis. Why baseball over hockey or over football? But. <laughs> well, uh, well, growing up, very close to my grandfather. Um, he was a huge Cardinals fan. He has stories of going to... Uh, World Series games back in you know when he was a kid with um, oh, what did he call it an, an old maid uh, from his okay. church is what he <laughs> refers to her uh, but yeah so he has stories he loved baseball I love you know I love being able to connect with him um, it was a thing we could talk about and yeah kind of my love for baseball grew out of that relationship. And uh, what do you, uh, I, I see you because you don't live too far from me, but one of the mm-hmm. things that you do recreationally is? Yeah, I love to run. Yeah, so right now, um, kind of fighting a hip injury, um, but my hope is to, to run marathon in the fall. Uh, yeah, love to run. Um, high school, ran cross country. My dad uh, was a runner when he was younger. And um, so, yeah. So have you run, what's the farthest Longest race uh, you ran. I, I ran a marathon in 2016, okay. so five years ago. Um, so yeah, wanted to wanted to do it again. And so, are you building up to the Ironman? No, no. So, so my goal, my dream, I'd love to qualify for Boston. I mean, that's okay. kind of like the back of my mind, kind of the goal behind the goal. Um, if like I really just want to run a good marathon, and if I can qualify for Boston, hey, that's 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 double. But yeah, I need a goal to aim for, to shoot for. And so, yeah, that's the, that's the hope. It's a past friend in Canada. He may be watching. He uh, had blood cancer and uh, was very, very sick with cancer, um, but came through it. And one of his goals was to qualify for Boston, which he did. Oh, wow. So yeah, it's a great, it's tough. great story. It's great tough. Story. Every time I'm out for a run, I'm just like, Oh, what am I doing to myself? But uh, yeah, I <laughs> enjoy it. Do that. So I don't know. I mean, some people know you. We have lots of people who watch online or mm-hmm. new. Uh, they don't know your longevity at Calvary. So when did you start attending Calvary? Oh yeah. So before I was born. I mean, my so I have a twin brother, my brother right. Craig, um, and so we grew. I mean, my parents were going to Calvary when when my mom was pregnant with us. Uh, my dad, he was on the elder board uh, a long time ago. Um, we were dedicated at the old church building over Drosty and Duchenne. Right. Um, so yeah. So before I was born, we we so I grew up going to Calvary. Um, as a baby, I still run into people who remember. Uh, praying for us because we were we were 
born uh, premature, sure, right. and so we were in the hospital. My brother was in the hospital longer than than I was, and so the, you know the church was smaller, so people were more, I think, known, um, you know, on a wider scale. And so, yeah, I still have people who say, oh, yeah, I remember praying for you when you were a baby and in the hospital. Um, yeah. And so what, uh, you know, I, I think it's a great story. I, I mean, this is not uncommon. We have a number of people on staff who grew up at Calvary various ways and stayed here. I, you know, I think in a season where we see a lot of young people kind of leave the church mm-hmm. or differently, and you know, sometimes people leave and then they come back. What what has kept you in in faith over these years? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, I so this whole this whole podcast, you know, is welcome home. I mean, yeah. Calvary has always been home for me. Um, I remember, you know, growing up, we did everything that that happened at Calvary. We were here for Celebrate the Sun. We were here at fall festivals. Uh, every Sunday, our family was was in church. Uh, we were in the kids program. We were in the youth program. Uh, we were in children's music. I mean, all of these things that the church did, uh, we were part of. So relationships were here. I mean, some of my best friends still sure. um, are connected to, to Calvary. Um, had a really good experience in, in the youth group um, as well growing up. And so, like, yeah, I think for me, it's the relationships with people um, and it's the connection to the, to the church. Um, that, that's been so intertwined in my faith journey. Um, and throughout that, it's been a safe place for me to ask questions. It's been a safe mm-hmm. place for me to wrestle with highs and lows. Um, it's been a place that even whenever I was away, uh, for college, it was I was still interning here in the summer. You know, still connected in the summers. Even if I wasn't interning here, I would have been probably around in some you know in some capacity. It's funny. Calvary is actually the only place that I've had a consistent W two from <laughs> uh, as well. <laughs> you know, and so right. yeah, just very connected to the to the church. Yeah, start as a janitor, like many. Oh yeah, like many. It's many. A, you know, I think there's a there's a humility you can only learn by cleaning toilets. public toilets, and yeah, yeah so. Or yeah, or after when someone calls you in, it's like you really need to go clean the bathroom. Um, serving, like one of the things you keep reading about is one of the things that keeps people in faith sometimes is yeah. that they're being used by God. They feel that they're partnering with God. They've seen God use mm-hmm. them. What were your first serving experiences at Calvary? Oh man, uh, I mean, I remember being in middle school and um, helping with the fall festival. My mom yeah. said, "Hey." You're too old to go through all of the booths and stuff. I'm like, well, my friends are still all going through the yeah. booths. Like, no, 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 you're gonna serve. So we, you know, I remember running some of the game stations for for Family Fall Festival. Um, you know, my family did serve days. You know, when there was a something to do up at the church or help clean. My my dad. I mean, everyone at the church has probably met him. Yes, <laughs> uh, he's kind of a, the cell the. Hospitality ministry before yes, we had a hospitality right. he's ministry. He's the greeter of all greeters. Yes, yeah. and uh, so he's always up here helping out and doing something. I would often, you know, he'd bring me along. Um, so that's probably that. It's, it's the connection to the church and being around here, but my family's connection too. And there was just an expectation that, hey, we're going to, we're going to serve. And so I remember hitting high school and. Um, Oh, it was probably later high school. Was helping out with you know some of the middle school um, small groups, mm-hmm. you know, with the youth. So yeah, I think you know you were part. We made an intentional change with youth ministry a couple years ago, yeah. 
And I, I mean, I remember sitting with some of our other staff, uh, you know, who had kind of grown up yeah. at Calvary too, and and that was their story. They were serving with their parents in kids ministry, or doing something, or running sound at the the back in in youth, and and that really was, I I think, part. I don't. I wish more people understood that, sure. and I, I see that in in the in kids who serve, teens who are serving here. I see a, a passion and a fire for them. What what prompted you? I know you were part of kind of that youth change, and part was to get opportunities for people to serve. Yeah, yeah. Part of it was my you know my own story, and that was connected to to my story. I think there's a line, right? Uh, people, you know, there's buy-in is created, right? When people help get to yeah. you know create ownership or, or build something. And I think when you serve, you're you're invested. You're invested into the success of whatever it is that you're doing. And so I think with the church, um, you know, there's there's some there's theology there too of of what is the church. Well the church right. is people and we're all called, we're all given you know, spiritual gifts. We're all given natural abilities. Um, you know, that whole passage in First Corinthians twelve, right? Like we're meant to help build the church up. And so I think when you get to a and, point, and you're given that at any age, you come to Christ. You're given a age. spiritual gift. Yeah, there's yeah. something that you're able to do that that nobody else maybe can. And so, um, so a lot of it was prompted by my own story, but also, you know, I was I spent the last ten years as one of the youth pastors here, and um, during that that time, I mean, that's that's probably a thousand plus students who have come right. through that I've connected with seeing students, seeing what students are capable of, um, the energy that they bring, the excitement they bring, the joy, um, the the willingness and the ability to kind of do anything, really. I mean, right now, even for our online, we have a couple high school, actually one middle school boy, one high school guy who are, they are helping run and trigger all of the video stuff for our aunt. Like, there's just a, I think anyone can learn to do anything. I think students, um, there's something about that age where they're willing to try, right? You know, and so yeah, so that's been a, a big part. Yeah, I think we, you know, we spend so much in our about knowing about something. We want kids to know about God, yeah, as opposed to the opportunity to partner with Him in serving yeah. others. And when you see God use you in in making a spiritual difference in somebody, there's nothing else like that. Yeah, right? that gets. Uh, exciting and get your you know get your spiritual life going. Yeah, I think how to do that. Well, I think when you serve, you know, you're also more like, especially if you have a good experience with it, you're more likely to invite somebody. Uh, yeah. It's easier to invite someone, I think, to something that you have a part to play in that you know your part to play. Um, and that's what I mean. The church, right? It's it's, it's all about ownership. It's, all about it's not ownership. my church. Somebody's well, but Pastor Terry, your church. No, yeah. it's not mine. Yeah, it's ours. It's our church. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you ended up going uh, to college, and, and yes. what? Uh, what when you left here? Yeah. What left high school? What were your career aspirations then? Yeah, so I w- I was planning uh, to enter. I was planning to to study computer science and mathematics. Um, you know, the idea was to make some money uh, to do, you know, to do some stuff <laughs> right. that, that, you know, I was good in math growing up. And, um, but even then throughout my senior year of high school, like God was working on me. Um, I spent a little bit more time volunteering with the, with the youth, yeah. um, spent a lot of time with some of the youth leaders, youth pastors. That, so I kind of already had this in the back of my mind, like, 
hey, you know what? I might get to college and find that, hey, God has a different plan for me. So I, I went to a, a Southwest Baptist down in uh, Southwest Missouri. Um, and in the part, big town of Bolivar. Huge, yeah, thriving metropolis. Yeah. Uh, they, they had a, a good um, Bible department, theology program, but they also had a really good computer science program. So kind of my, my sure. thought was, hey, I'm going to go there. If something happens, something changes, I might... I can I can easily change my major. Wouldn't have to transfer schools, you know, as part of that process. So I I lasted in my computer classes for two days, and uh, I'm just sitting there like learning, you know, to call it programming. Fortran. Yeah, to call it programming would be probably uh, uh, would be doing way more. Um, it wasn't programming, but it was like a very basic class. I'm just sitting there thinking like I don't want to do this. Basic isn't basic a computer? Probably. I don't, it is. I don't basic know. Basic is a computer. I only language. made it two days. I mean, like I said, I only made it two days. Um, and so I went to my advisor and I said, "Hey, you know, uh, Dr. Langford, I I don't think I want to do this. I think I want to change, you know, talk to you about something with my schedule. Oh, what do you want to do? Well, I think I want to change my major." Okay. And I was expecting like this, like all these hoops that I have to jump right. through. I, I expected her to try to talk me out of it. And she's like, "Okay." Just just like that. All right. I mean, I, I talked to my parents too, sure. and they were, I think, um, a little a little nervous just because there's there's known security when it comes to computers and uh, jobs that involve computers and ministry. You know, you're definitely. I mean, any vocation, you're saying, "Hey, God, I I have to trust you with this." But obviously, with ministry, there's a little bit more of a, a real like, okay, well, right. I might not make as much money as I would have. Um, where is this going to take me? Um, but yeah, parents were very supportive, um, you know, as well. So went to college, uh, you know, switched my major, um, and then during that time was still very connected to to Calvary. In the summers, I, I interned, uh, actually all four summers, so I interned with our youth program here under J.J. Uh, Bond, under Brian Bennett. Actually, first, um, we had a, tra- a transition in, in youth leadership at the time um, when I when I first, uh, first summer I was supposed to intern. And I was actually supposed to go to Utah uh, that first summer. So we had a partnership as, as a church right, at the yes, time. Right. And uh, me and the the senior pastor at the time, his his oldest, we were supposed to go to Utah yeah. and and do ministry out there for the summer and intern with the church there, and that kind of completely fell through. And and looking back on, it, I'm very thankful because uh, I was able to plug in with 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 Calvary, uh, with Calvary there. Yeah. So I know it's part. Uh, I think it was in at uh, the the college that you got connected to missions mm-hmm. as well. Yes. And took some mission trips and led yeah. some mission trips. Yeah, yeah. So while I was at Calvary growing up, you know, I was, in, was involved with, went to Kentucky my senior year. Um, but yeah, it was really, it was in college. I first kind of got a, a bigger exposure. Um, my uh, second year at SBU um, went to Guatemala over winter break. We had a six-week winter break. And so three of those weeks went down to Guatemala. There's an orphanage there, Casa Bernabe. Um, and then and, and loved it. Um, just had never had never been out of the country before. Um, so there was kind of a cross cultural like thing there that was doing. We were just we were playing with kids, but we were also doing um, physical projects for the orphanage. Uh, really good experience. Um, actually, I remember we we had the team 
uh, I think we we spent the night here at Calvary because we were flying out of Lambert, and so uh, I had I had kind of uh, hoodwinked one of the youth pastors to drive us to the airport. I like remember that three think, in the yeah. morning. Uh, and I remember my parents, you know, they showed up. They're like, oh, yeah, who's who's leading the trip? And I said, well, that guy is. And, and they didn't realize that it was going to be a college student leading it. <laughs> like, I I told them, but whatever. Um, and so then, yeah, my, my junior and senior years, I, I, led the, I led the trip. So, 20, you know, taking, you know, 28, 29 right. college students for three weeks down to Casa Verna Bay in Guatemala uh, to do orphan, yeah, to, to work at an orphanage. And, and yeah, that was, uh, that had that effect. I'd never done anything like that before. And I think it was just kind of a little taste of, hey, this, this Christian story, this gospel thing, it's bigger, um, it's bigger than just our church participation on a Sunday, right? It's bigger than just what I'm experiencing. Um, there was a moment in, it was a Sunday morning where we were in the same time zone, and I kind of just had this reflection of like, hey, we are singing a song right now in Spanish that we're we might be singing actually at Calvary. It's this, I mean, it was, it was songs that I recognized. And that had a profound kind of impact on me, like, oh, wow, we're singing in two different languages, in two different places, and yet there is this connection thing that's happening. It, and what's it like? Because I know you've been, and with COVID, you haven't been able to travel. Yeah. Like, I know you've been to yeah. Prague and other, but how has that been, not being able to go? Because, yeah. I, I mean, people may not know, when the pandemic hit, you were supposed to be yeah. in Prague, and yeah. we were praying and talking to the parents, and we decided before everything got shut down here a yes. week, we had everybody to make that decided call. not to go. We had about five different decisions made within a span of about two days, right? Um, where, Which I, I think we're grateful because everything got shut down. It would have oh, been, we would have been really, stuck over there. Would, yes. We would have been quarantined in Germany or in D.C. with you know 15 high school students. Like yeah, yeah. it wouldn't have been yeah. good. God was faithful um, and kind of they, they would have thought it'd been fun. But <laughs> um, yeah, so that that's that actually is something where I, I think our understanding of missions, uh, at least my understanding of missions, has radically changed even from those first couple trips to Guatemala. Um, I've done a trip to Honduras with Calvary. You know, we've taken students there. I've done a few trips. I've actually returned to Guatemala, right. uh, Casper yeah. Bay, with some high school high schoolers. And I, I don't know, that's kind of the, almost the traditional understanding of what missions is. We're going to go somewhere that's uh, third world or, you know, a different, um, you know, level of, of poverty, you know, and we're going to do physical projects. And and I think, all, and that's good, especially when there's a relational component or a relational connection. Um, I know that's that's something that Kurt here, as he leads yeah. our missions, is has been very clear on. Like missions is relationship, and um, it might be better for uh, you know. There's different books and different resources out there that that talk about you know the power of of bringing in a, a team to do work um, versus you know paying people in their economy right. to right. to do the same work and. Um, it wasn't until I went to Prague the first time. Um, again, took students over with us, and uh, it was a very different type of mission trip. It wasn't a mission trip where we were doing some sort of physical labor. Um, we were just there. It was actually this idea was to it to be mutually beneficial, right, for our students and for the students we were working with there. Um, we were teaching English in the classroom, so that's kind of how we got plugged in. We were connected to Josh Credo, who again grew up at Calvary. I'd uh, love to interview him, you know, for this uh, for this project. But um, it was more of a cultural education kind of thing. Like, hey, can we see a different area of the world? Can we see the 
the humanity? Can we see the beauty in culture, um, recognize that, you know, all truth is God's truth, all people, um, you know, have been created in his image. Um, Can we understand missions almost as a way to build relationship? Um, That had a profound impact on me and our students, too, the conversations that Mm -hmm. came out of that. And so I went to Prague twice, and uh, this was going to be our third third trip, taking students over. Again, relational ministry. The idea is we're we're helping Josh and his ministry connect uh, local Czech students to his ministry programs um, while also helping and encourage the Czech Christians because they're – uh, cultural landscape very, very different, different from ours. Yeah. Um, so can we be an encouragement to the students who do believe in Jesus? Can we be encourage them to help connect and reach their friends as well, um, while also just be encouraged in their own faith? And then can we have conversations? Can our students have conversations with their students? Hey, what's it like being a Christian in your world, in your culture? And, and have kind of this mutual growth, right, that, that comes from that. And so, yeah, right before the pandemic, we had to make that call of, hey, this isn't looking good. You know, we, we still don't, I feel like, know much about COVID, but, like, we knew nothing about right, COVID at right. that point. And um, so, yeah, we made the call. It was tough to deci- you know, tough decision, but um, we were right before, yeah, right before the yeah, I think Italy was becoming a big hot spot. Italy was then, starting to and really so they become, were seeing Europe. It was more of a, yeah. of a focus. Um, you did Youth for Us uh-huh. for several years. And then, you know, again, I'd love to see how God's been working. Ahead. Like, God was working ahead to kind of say, you know, probably Prague's not the right time yeah. for us to go. Um, we have been having conversations about uh, using your skills and gifts yep. in, in the communications and you know, in the online world and doing that. And the pandemic hit <laughs> and we got, we had to pivot, which was fantastic. Yeah. We got to focus. Um, so what has excited you yeah. about the whole journey of the last 14 months or so with our online Yeah, so it's world? been a great pivot, right? And again, God, you know, preparing us, we'd already had an online, you know, we'd already had our services online um, right. before, you know, a lot of other churches, actually. So we were actually yeah. really primed to at least, you know, one of the things I'm proud of over the last year is we haven't missed a service, right? We, we've we had not, a service yes. every single week. And um, there's something to the regular rhythmic, um, you know, being able to gather and worship and, and for teaching that I think is so vital to the church. Um, so, that, so I'm really proud that of our team that we haven't, you know. Sure. Um, but yeah, so kind of, you know, the, the Prague trip didn't happen about a week later, a few days later uh, from when we were supposed to return. You know, I remember we sat down with Dan and our, our youth team and we, you know, had just basically said, hey, the office is going to probably close for the next two months. So what's, you know, what, what's ministry to youth and to students going right. to look like? And um, again, God, I think priming. I mean, it, we we pivoted hard virtual, you know, for um, for students because they're on their phones all the time anyway. So we were doing uh, daily devotionals on yeah. our Instagram account. We created a YouTube channel. Uh, we were doing our midweek content. We were doing uh, uh, Zoom meetings with students all the time, and so it was kind of a cool kind of thing. Seen a lot there, and then. Um, Summer hit, you know, we'd already made plans in August for, for me to move to the communications team, and the online stuff just kind of 
happened. I mean, that right, was, that was right. something that wasn't in the initial conversations. Right. But I right. think there was a there was a need, obviously, and um, yeah. So we were able to step in. So that the last you know really tw- eight to twelve months with the online, it's been a it's been a really cool uh, it's been a really cool project because I think we've been able to. Every every week, every month, um, it's like, hey, we want to create and just a really intentional service that connects with our wider, larger church who's not able to join in person, um, knowing that at some point, the the people that we're supporting probably primarily are going to be able to return uh, in person, but at the same time. Um, you know, we live in a virtual yeah. world, in a world where digital communication and digital experiences are only going to uh, increase in regularity. And so that, that's been like all of the things we've done is, hey, how can we both serve and support, you know, our church well um, and faithfully, but also use this as a time to just experiment with some new ways, uh, you know, to be innovative, to create opportunities for connection points that aren't just Sunday to Sunday, but are on a, on a, on a daily basis, um, to create community that's not going to replace what can happen in person, but, uh, to create community that is, that is authentic and that we're able to engage. And there's something about the online platforms that, that is different than in person Right. where, um, just this past weekend, for instance, we have this new platform, Church Online, that we're using. Um, it's a it's a life church, so down in down in uh, Oklahoma, it's one of their products, and it's it's great because I'm I'm praying with somebody in a kind of a side chat that nobody else can sure. see but me and 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 her, and um, it was just one of those I had to kind of step back for a moment, and be like, whoa, this is. This is well, different. I wanted to ask you about that because I, I think people obviously see you as as the face sure. of our online campus, and and you, you love to have fun. And well, I did have a little girl come. I was uh, helping teach uh, second grade a few weeks ago, and a little girl walked in. Was like, I see you on TV. And yeah. I'm like, well, it's <laughs> great. I've been if just... only we were, sir. <laughs> uh, but talk about the ministry because that's yes. what I was. That you know, what are stories or things that that step uh, stand out to you about opportunities yeah. you've had like that? Uh, well, no one story is unique. I mean, right. that, that's something that I think we can we, we probably know is true, but but even in this, I think. Over the pandemic, one of the things that that we could assume is if somebody isn't here in person, it's because they are uncomfortable with either the mask requirements or the unknown of COVID or whatever, right? And that's just for some people that is true, but there are other people like we we've. There's one couple I met, um, oh, several weeks ago that I had been communicating with on a regular basis. Because one of the things we do with being in service is, hey, if you're watching, you know, yeah. text here. I often will ask like a question maybe just to kind of create some some conversation. And uh, uh, anyway, this, this man comes up to me, he and his wife, and he's like, hey, just wanted to meet you. Um, we moved here back in this, you know, three weeks into COVID. Right. And this is our second time coming in person. And I'm like, wow, you're, you've been with us for almost a, a year. year and yet um because of covid but also because of just it's easier to check out a church online before coming in person like an opportunity to connect with them and that anyway that was a, that was a yeah we've uh, had people i don't know we've had people start coming decide they want to stay and become members and never walk in the building yes yes yeah. so that was something yeah a couple months ago we had our first member yeah. someone who, who went through the membership, <laughs> membership process class. 
and virtual, they've, they've yeah. never been physically and I, here. I think it's back to at some point they will. Yeah. But just through the process, they got connected. Yeah. So I, I don't think people always know just the amount yeah. of shepherding and pastoring and caregiving. Yes. You give to people, and when when people text in or share, you do pray with them. You contact them. You follow up. You. I mean, sometimes we're trying to get people help, support, or yeah. There's a man. Yeah, he was living outside of Denver. He was homeless, and I, yeah. you know, he called. He uh, he filled out the Connect card or whatever. I followed up with him. Was was able to have a 30, 40 minute conversation with him on the phone, uh, pray with him. You know, help connect him to a ministry in the. Uh, you know where he was living, and so it is cool. There, there's just so many opportunities with our online platform, and I and I do believe um, strongly, right? Like you look at the Apostle Paul, and uh, he was um, he was a Roman citizen, right? He had a Jewish heritage. He was educated, you know, in the Greek system. Like he had all of these different things, and he used all of these different. Um, Kind of parts of his story to help minister and to take the gospel uh, all the way to, to Caesar, yeah. right? Like, and I think we we do have the responsibility to use every platform and every tool, every resource that we can to expand God's kingdom. So, uh, tell us about you met your wife here at Calvary. Yeah, yeah, well, that's a long story. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, and we probably need to send a thank you note to Mark Zuckerberg yeah. still. Um, so yeah, so when we were. Growing up, we were uh, in Sunday school class together. Uh, her dad was the worship uh, pastor here at the time, and um, yeah, I mean, we grew up. You know, families would would do some some things here and there together. Uh, we have a couple pictures from you know being in like the the children's choir or uh, being you know at church at family camp uh, in the same kind of group. So it's kind of funny. Well, they uh, they moved to Michigan in uh, probably I don't know fifth grade or so. And uh, so he moved to Michigan. And then in high school, you know, kind of the thing to do when you got on Facebook was to kind of reconnect with um, people that you knew in a different season of life. And so uh, I think my brother actually became friends with her on, on with Mallory, that's uh, my wife's name, on Facebook before I was. And, you know, sent like an invite request or whatever. And during college, um, again, this is like now date dating me a bit, but like AIM, right? Yeah. Uh, AOL, you know, the instant messenger was like, was the thing. I mean, in high school, we were all, everybody was on, on AIM. Like that was a, that was a Friday night is you're watching a movie and you got the computer and you're talking to, you know, people from, from, uh, from high school, um, or from school. And so Facebook kind of became that in college with Facebook messenger. And so, you know, um, yeah, Mal and I, we just started, kind of talking in college, nothing, you know, didn't think it, it was easy to talk because we lived in different places, didn't think that anything would come of that. And uh, after I graduated college, um, she was in her last year at Michigan State, but she was there just kind of as a part-time student. She was living with her aunt and uncle and uh, Cardinals were in in the playoffs 2011. I mean, that's the year we won the World Series. Uh, Her uncle, um, it was a huge Tigers fan. And so they were in the playoffs too. So we had something that we would, um, you know, I was at Covenant at the time and, you know, a lot of my friends were not living here. And so, um, yeah, we just started talking. And after the playoffs, we just kept talking. And yeah. And then here, all of a sudden, yeah, had some conversations and uh, went up there. Could write a book about long distance dating. Yes, yeah, we dated long distance uh, for for a minute. She moved down here when she graduated, and uh, yeah, a few years later, after when I finished at Covenant, we got married, and yeah, so she's. 
And two children now. Two children, yeah. So James, he is uh, three. He'll be four um, here in a few months, and Bryn will turn two in July. So it's crazy that they're that old already. I know. That's well, that's crazy. something with COVID too, right? Like, it, kids grow up quickly. Like, but it's a really weird experience to not get to see the different moments. Like uh, a friend of mine, you know, we work with Jacob. Yeah. Uh, they're his son Atticus just turned, turned one. Year, turned one, and I'm like, I've seen him twice, three times. Like, so it is kind of a. It's been a weird. It's been a weird season for that. But yeah, so so Mal and I, um, you know, she helped out with the youth for for years. She sings. You She's singing. Yeah, probably people would recognize her from singing. Yeah. The, how has being a father mm. shaped and informed your? understanding of God or expanded your understanding of, you know, I think becoming a parent, a father or a mother, you know, and, and, and God has described both father mostly, but often as a mother, um, how's that shaped your understanding? I mean, there's things that you can only, I think, understand, um, you can understand them conceptually, but then there's like that whole experiential knowledge, um, that, so there's things you can only understand by actually experiencing it. And, um, I think there's moments when, um, when my kids will do something that I never would have expected to be proud of them. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I, like there was one time where, you know, his first year of, of MDO, so Mother's Day Out program, preschool we have here, um, James was really struggling. Like he just didn't want to leave us. He didn't really want to be there. And so it was always kind of this process of, of him, um, you know, cr- we drop him off, he'd be crying and, then um, the next year we brought him back because he was a little bit older, and there's a new confidence. He didn't cry. He was uh, excited to be there. Didn't care that we were leaving. Like, and it's just like that moment was so satisfying right. because I, you know, I, I expect him to be proud. You know, I expect to be proud whenever like he puts on his baseball glove and emulates a pitcher and throws a strike to me. Like, oh yeah, that's a cool moment. But there's just moments I wouldn't have expected to feel certain things that I find myself feeling instead. And I think that's probably how God feels about us all the time, right? Like, it's not just when we have successes. Like, he's proud of us for these, like, little things that we do, like little moments of growth um, or courage. He feels things for us that we don't even maybe know, like, feel ourselves or recognize that we feel ourselves but like as a father when my kids do something like i'm feeling sad for them or i'm feeling happy for them and my the way i'm feeling about it is pro- might even be a stronger emotion than how they're feeling about it and i think that's what god does for us too yeah i would you know through moments of pain you know isaiah 63 in their distress talking about people's distress he god was distressed mm-hmm. and sent the angel of his presence to yeah. save them and it, it's like okay yeah god does feel i mean even before i think understand what we go yeah. through and i think that's the same that's what's been the biggest aha moment for me is you know watching my kids trials and challenges and imperfections mm-hmm. and and still loving them even more through yeah. it. because sometimes i think that's what we want how could god love me i know myself how could god love me and god sees everything the good and the bad about me but still yeah, loves us. That's... Yeah. Well, I think there's also perspective that God is able to have that, you know, they say uh, kids grow up fast, and that's absolutely true, <laughs> true, right? I mean, my kids, again, they're they're one and three, and yet it it's already, like, I'm counting down, right? Like, and I don't want to, but I'm like, oh, they're going to be 18 tomorrow, yeah. you know? And 
with that, I think comes a perspective that, you know, like for us, everything in the moment is such a big deal, right? Every high, every low, like it's such a big deal. And yet God is able to have a perspective. He sits at a different vantage point where, yes, it is a big deal, but you'll be okay. And I'm going to walk through it with you. And five years from now, 10 years from now, it's going to feel like it was, you know, a hundred right. years ago. Yeah. And I think with the kids, I mean, that's something that I, I experience on a daily basis. It's like, yeah, I don't want this to end because I love, each I love stage. them. I love each stage and I want them to be, you know, my little girl who runs to me whenever I get home. Um, but at the same time, like it is just a, it's a blink. And, um, well, Brad, thanks for all that you do. You do a fantastic job helping Thank us you. communicate, uh, editing my stuff, make sure that people think I have better grammar than what <laughs> I do have, and um, just you know helping people but, connect. So appreciate yeah. that, and thanks for sharing your heart and sharing your story. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Welcome Home. We hope that you have been encouraged by hearing my story of my involvement here at our church. And we look forward to the stories that we have upcoming to share and other conversations in the weeks ahead. Next week, we interview Matt Miller, our community ministries pastor here at Calvary. Matt is a source of constant enthusiasm and encouragement to anyone he meets. He loves the outdoors and he has such a heart to see people grow and take their next steps. Matt helped start a local organization called Neighbor Helping Neighbor Service Coalition, which helps to connect churches and other service groups in St. Charles County around common missions, and we can't wait for you to hear his story. We invite you to follow, to like, to subscribe, and share this podcast to help it grow, and if you feel led, please leave a review. We will catch you again next week on another episode of Welcome Home. Thanks for listening to Welcome Home, a Calvary Media Productions podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.